1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: We are uh, back. We're back out here at Clark's in the North Hills where we'll be till 1030. Um, and, of course, Ray Fittipaldo has been out at training camp for the, the last, I don't know, two weeks or two and a half weeks, however how long. It has been going on. He's witnessed it all. He's heard it all. And, uh, of course, that means that he's a good guy to talk to because he can give us an idea of what he's seen and observed. And, Ray, um, I, I, from all of the reports that I've heard out of training camp, the Steelers might go 17-0. And, <laughs> and That's no disrespect to those of you who are out there reporting on things. But it seems like there's a very very optimistic tilt to uh, what people are observing out there.
3: Yeah, I mean, take it with a grain of salt, Paul. I think we all know that, uh, you know, this team's probably going to be improved from where they were last year. But uh, as far as contending with the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Bills, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see about that. But I can tell you that the the coaches are very – uh, they're they're uh, very positive about what they think the offense can be this year, and I think we all know the defense should be very good again. So if you combine those two um, with a third-place schedule, then yeah, I, th- I think there's reason for for some optimism, and you know maybe this team can get back to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that the the fact that they just missed the playoffs last year and they made themselves a little bit better, I, I that would. You know, it would basically lend itself to the idea that getting to the playoffs is not that big of a, uh, 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 you know, a stretch. And by the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the fan hotline presented by Nemecolin. Ray's brought to us uh, on the fan hotline around every corner. Nemecolin creates real-life magic for guests. Ray, let's get right into the thick of things. People seem to get crazy and lose their minds because Mike Tomlin said that, you know, basically – Anybody that's healthy is going to play tomorrow night, and he included Kenny Pickett in that. Number one, I don't know that anybody really knows what Mike Tomlin's definition of healthy is. And number two, uh, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing if Kenny Pickett goes out there and plays a little bit. What about you?
3: Yeah, I would not be surprised if all of the stars, Paul, you know, Minka, TJ, Cam Hayward, even some guys on offense, Deontay Johnson, um, among others, Pat Fryer, I wouldn't be surprised if those guys did not play. Um, but when it comes to Kenny Pickett, I think two things. I think Kenny likes the work, number one. Um, he hasn't missed a day of camp this year. Um, he, he likes to get into a rhythm and be in a rhythm. So uh, I think that's one thing. And then the other thing is Mike Tomwood admitted yesterday that Kenny needs the work. He's only in his second season, um, started for, what, three quarters of last season, Hasn't really overseen the offense through a preseason yet, so this will be his first opportunity to get that done. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't think he's going to play a half or anything like that. But if he goes out there and, and plays two series and then he plays a half next week and uh, maybe, uh, you know, similar in, in the third game, then I think he's got a better chance of uh, hitting the ground running once the 49ers come to town for the opener.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I would say that I I think the biggest thing is, Ray, when you look at these uh, preseason games, uh, you know, as long as he's not running around like, you know, going crazy and trying to run people over and, you know, trying to make all those kind of plays, which you might try and make in a regular season game. I mean, they're not going to see a whole lot of exotic blitz packages. There's not going to be a lot of danger, I think, for him of of getting hurt unless it's something freaky. I mean, would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I mean, Paul, you, you never know with uh, an offensive lineman getting pushed into him, I suppose. Anything could happen in the pocket, you know. Um, so, But beyond that, I mean, yeah, he could throw the ball away. He can keep himself out of danger. Um, you know, he can escape the pocket, but then he can run out of bounds, too. So he wouldn't take the same chances that he would take um, in the regular season. Um, and I think, you know, quite honestly, I think this offensive line, needs the work, too. I think we all think they're going to be much improved with the addition of Isaac Sayamalu. Um, but everyone else right now is basically the same as Broderick Jones um, stays at second team left tackle and Dan Moore is hanging on to the starting job. So I, I think those guys, yeah, they improved in the second half of last season, but I think those guys have to be out there with Kenny as well and see if they can uh, develop some continuity going into the season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of the position battles people have been really kind of focused on, and this is uh, one that is frustrating people because, you know, the Steelers moved up to get the guy, is Broderick Jones and and Dan Moore. Uh, You know, there's still, what, two or three weeks of camp and a couple of preseason games. But is it possible that Dan Moore might be the starter uh, when the season begins?
3: I I do think that's possible. Um, I I don't want to say it's likely, Paul, because – we're still, um, we're exactly one month away from the opener against the 49ers, and a lot can happen in a month. <laughs> you know, um, we've still got a week up in La Trobe, and they're going to come back, play two more preseason games. Um, I wouldn't shut the door on the idea of Broderick Jones starting, even though right now it seems like maybe it's, it's not a great bet. Um, but I can promise you, Broderick Jones is going to be the starter at some point this season. I just think they want to work him into that. They don't want to do it too soon. This guy just turned 22 years old um, in the spring. He's protecting Kenny Pickett's blind side. Um, he only had one full season of starting experience at Georgia. So, I mean, I get it. He was drafted 14 overall. Usually those guys slide right in, but I think this is kind of a unique situation given his experience and his age and the fact that Kenny Pickett, um, you know, is, is the guy who's protecting. So I think there's a lot that goes into it, and I really wouldn't say, you know, be disappointed or, or anything along those lines. As long as it happens by mid-season and mid-October, Paul, I think it's fine, and uh, I wouldn't get too concerned if, uh, you know, I wouldn't get too concerned at all about the timeline. Uh, I just, I think they have a plan for the guy, and I think they're, they're going to, uh, you know, see it through.
2: Well, and and I would say this. I mean, is it speaking at least somewhat to the fact that Dan Moore Jr. has played reasonably well in camp?
3: Yeah, I mean, Dan Moore hasn't done anything to lose the job. Uh, There was one team period fairly early on in camp where I think he held or he had a false start, and they threw Jones in there the next play. But, I mean, that that was it. I mean, um, he's doing pretty well out there. He's going against Alex Highsmith every day. We all know that Highsmith is, is a really good outside linebacker, and he's testing him every day. Cam Hayward is on that side as well. So Dan Moore is, is doing well to hold his own. And, I, you know, be, don't forget that Dan Moore is just in his third season. And I think in time that I think there might be a role for him on this team as a right tackle, not necessarily this season, but I think down the road, um, even though Dan Moore has only been a left tackle in the NFL I think he's smart enough and I think he's a good enough player that he could switch to the right side, um, you know, once Broderick Jones nails down that starting left tackle job.
2: So you could see a scenario where it's Chukes a core four down the road that's the odd man out?
3: Down the road, not this year because he got an $11 million cap hit. Next year, I want to say that cap hit is three or three and change. So that's much more manageable. If they don't think Chukes is worth the money, they can go ahead and cut bait then and. Um, if they think Dan Moore is, is the guy, um, you know, they, they would slide Dan Moore in there, and I, I think he would uh, provide a pretty good option. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, that's that's actually a, a really good. Now, is the rest of the line, all those other positions, pretty much settled?
3: Yeah, you got Mason Cole at center. I, I think he's solid. James Daniel is solid. And I think, you know, the big pickup over the offseason um, is Isaac Sayamalu, not just for his work on the field, that he's a vet. He steps into that room. Uh, he commands the room. He comes from a really, really strong offensive line room in Philadelphia, um, you know, with Kelsey and, and Landon Dickerson and and Lane Johnson and those guys. So Andy Weidel made mention of that yesterday. I think the Steelers bleed. They needed a type of guy like that for this for this offensive line room. And that's nothing against Mason Cole. Or Chuukso Core for, but those guys are still young. Those guys are 25, 26 years old. Um, you know, Sayamala's been around longer. He's had more success in the league. And I think, um, I don't want to say he was the missing piece, but I think plugging him in there left guard over Isaac, uh, over Kevin Dotson, uh, not only will that be a big upgrade for that position, but I think it also just has a domino effect along that offensive line. I think it's going to make the offensive line better as a whole.
2: Well, I would say, uh, I guess I'd be remiss because uh, we are sitting here at Clark's out in the North Hills, which I'm pretty sure this is N.A. School District, exactly where we're sitting at here. Uh, It's taken me seven minutes to get to the N.A. player. Uh, And that, of course, is Joey Porter Jr. Uh, We've seen, you know, of course, until the... until the uh, social media uh, the social media Nazis from the Steelers uh, shut down all of these videos, we were enjoying watching the videos of Pickens going against Joey Porter Jr. Um, it seems like he's going to be a starter at that position, but has he played as well as the reports seem to suggest?
3: Yeah, he's not backing down, and I think that's half the battle. When you're out on an island like he's been against George Pickens, I mean. You know, there's talk that George Pickens can be a top 10 receiver in the NFL this year. And uh, he's going to have to go out and prove it. But I think everyone agrees he has that type of ability. And for Joey Porter Jr. in his first NFL camp to be exposed to that, um, and, not, and it's not, you know, here and there, he is exposed to reps against uh, George Pickens every single day. And that's only going to get him better. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think he's done really, really well. Probably not going to be out there tomorrow night. He's a little bit banged up. Um, you know, we'll see if Tomlin holds him out tomorrow. But, again, you know, you talked about Broderick Jones. Whether it's the opener against the 49ers or whether it's a month into the season, I fully expect Joey Porter Jr. to have a starting role at some point and probably early in the season.
2: Right. I mean, I think the big thing about about uh, Joey Porter Jr. Um, is he's another guy they, they really, really liked and thought it was a first-round pick. Um, but if you have him and, uh, you, you know, you have him and you eventually have Broderick Jones, you've got two rookies starting. Um, that's, I think, a really, really good sign that you've had a pretty good draft.
3: Yeah, not to mention Keanu Benton, I think. I don't want to say that Benton's had a slow start to camp, but, I, you know, I think there's much more on the bone there. I think he's going to get better and better. And really, you know, the the rookie of camp so far in my mind, if it's not Joey Porter Jr., it's Darnell Washington. And I think he is the one rookie tomorrow night that's going to see a lot of exposure. I think the fans are going to get a glimpse of of what he's all about. Um, 6'6", 6'7", he can run, Paul. He's an excellent blocker. And uh, he's been making plays in the passing game for, for the Steelers. So we'll see if that continues tomorrow night against the Buccaneers. Um, but, I, you know, I think provided he stays healthy, I think the Steelers have quite a fine there in the third round in Darnell Washington.
2: Do you uh, – is, is there any uh, validity to this whole thing with Kendrick Green, the fullback?
3: Uh, I'm not going to guarantee you he's going to be on the 53-man roster, Paul, because just based on his abilities as an offensive lineman, I don't think he's one of the best eight or nine. But when you add in the fact that he can play fullback and he can have a role for you in short yardage and goal line situations, maybe it's worth it. And listen, it's not like he's going to be your second-string center. He would be your third-string center. Nate Herbig would be your second-string center. Um, He wouldn't be your first guard off the bench. Nate Herbig would be the first guard off the bench. So unless there were multiple injuries, um, you could carry a guy like that as your eighth, or ninth lineman, and then, you know, depending on the, the team and, and the opponent, you could dress him for certain games uh, if you think you're going to need a hammer and short yardage. So I think it makes sense from that perspective, but the numbers have to work too. And I still want to see a little bit more. I, I want to see what he does against other teams. Um, but based on what I've seen in practice, Paul, he looks pretty good. He's not a fish out of water. He's actually uh, a pretty nimble guy for uh, for a guy his size. And, I you know, I think – with more exposure and more reps at the position, he actually can be pretty good at it.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, you, you mentioned Darnell Washington. Uh, who are some of the guys tomorrow night? Where you know they're, for instance, they're battling for the, to be the fifth or sixth receiver or the you know third running back. You know, who are a couple of those fringe roster guys that have to start to to really show out a little bit to make sure they. Uh, make the team, including, you know, some guys that have been on the team the last couple of years.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll give you two names for receivers, Gunnar Olszewski and Cody White. Um, Both those guys have done really well this camp. Uh, I think everyone out there heard uh, Kenny Pickett and Mike Tallman's comments about him in the last couple of days. Um, And then Cody White, uh, this is a guy who's been on the practice squad, been on the 53-man roster here and there just for a call-up or two. But he's having a real nice camp, too. But it all comes down to special teams, Paul. Um, Cody White's probably going to have to make the team over a guy like Miles Boykin, um, you know, who's done really well on the punt and kickoff teams, that sort of thing. He's a quality special teams player. So Cody White would have to prove to Danny Smith that he could take on that role and be that type of a guy, too. So we'll see how it goes. But just when you look at receiver, um, that, that's a really, really. I think it's a good room at the top. I, I think the depth after, you know, Allen Robinson is a little bit iffy. But, you know, based on what they've done at camp, you know, I I, you know, I think the was might feel comfortable with both Cody White and Gunnar Olszewski because they, they've played so well this summer here at La Trobe. Uh,
2: Well, uh, last one I have for you. You know, they, they went out and got what was his name, K1 Alexander. Uh, yeah. what, what was the – what did this say – to you at least about how they feel about the two inside linebackers
3: I just want I just think they, they want in better depth and uh, I, I just don't feel like they believe Mark Robinson or Nick Kwiatkowski or Tanner Muse or any of those guys um, they felt like there would be a drop off if Alandon Roberts or Cole Holcomb got hurt so I still think Holcomb and Roberts are going to go into the season as starters um, we'll see how it goes maybe one of those guys Underperforms and Quan Alexander would get a chance to start again. I mean, listen, Paul. He started 12 games for the Jets last season. I think he has 65-70 career starts at the position. He's he's an experienced player. He's a little bit long in the tooth, but he does have experience. So if there is an injury um, to one of the starters, or if uh, Holcomb or Landon Roberts underperforms, then you got a, a proven vet to uh, throw in there rather than a guy like Mark Robinson or guy like Kwiatkowski or Muse, who, you know, they were basically brought here um, to compete for a roster spot and to play on special teams.
2: Ray, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much for jumping on, as always, and breaking it down like nobody else can. Now, uh, do you have to drive the hour and 45 minutes or whatever back home, or are you?
3: Uh, not today. They were actually off today because they flew to Tampa, but uh, I will be back up there on Sunday. Driving to and from, so yes, about an hour and 40 in the car, <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy it, when it's over, buddy. <laughs>
2: it, yes, enjoy it. Uh, well, enjoy the car ride uh, at any rate.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.